0: Hi, everyone. My name is Hillary Kennedy, and I am a program director for Medicaid leadership at the National Association of Medicaid Directors, NAMD. I'd like to welcome you to Medicaid Leadership Exchange, a new podcast series exploring priority topics for Medicaid leaders. This series, developed in partnership with NAMD and the Center for Healthcare Strategies and made possible by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, will feature conversations between Medicaid directors sharing their insights and strategies on a variety of key topics. Today's conversation will focus on the various strategies Medicaid directors are deploying to develop their executive teams and senior leadership. The participants will share insights around how to develop an executive team with the structure, skills, and interpersonal dynamics to support the director's efforts to communicate and implement a strategic vision for the agency. I'd like to introduce the moderator for today's session, Gretchen Hammer. Gretchen is NAMD's inaugural senior strategic advisor, working with states in a variety of ways to support their strategic planning and operational goals for their Medicaid agencies. Gretchen most recently was the Medicaid director in Colorado and also served on the NAMD board of directors. Gretchen is joined today by Stephanie Muth and Mark Larson. I'd like to give each of you a chance to quickly introduce yourself with your titles, and then we'll head right into the questions. Stephanie, why don't you start?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. This is Stephanie Muth, and I'm the state Medicaid director in Texas. Great. Thanks. And Mark?
2: Thank you. Uh, I'm Mark Larson. I'm formerly Medicaid director of the state of Vermont, uh, and now currently vice president of policy at the Center for Healthcare Strategies, uh, where I have the pleasure of working with Medicaid directors through the Medicaid Leadership Institute.
0: Great. Thanks, Mark. With that, I'll turn it over to Gretchen.
2: Terrific.
3: Thank you so much, Hillary and Stephanie and Mark. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Serving as Medicaid director has been likened to being an air traffic controller, making sure that the planes are taking off and landing, not crashing into each other, and having the right cargo and passengers on board. The program is so vast and so complex, it really is impossible for a director to be the pilot of just a single plane or to be ground crew, just making sure the cargo is being loaded correctly. They really have to keep an eye on the general patterns of traffic and make sure that all the components of the program are working as designed. You've joined us today because of your experience and expertise in developing and deploying successful executive teams. So the conversation today is really gonna learn from you what you've done in your state and mark what you've seen nationally to really help build the right leadership team to serve as that collective aircraft traffic controller. So Stephanie, if you could start, can you provide us with a high level overview of how you've organized your executive team to support the vision and the strategy of the Texas Medicaid program?
1: Absolutely, Gretchen. And and first of all, I'm, I'm just gonna be real about this because it's absolutely, a journey in developing the executive team to be functioning together and pointed towards the common vision and mission. And it's not a a destination, it's certainly not a destination that I feel like I've arrived at and can declare victory. So I've been the state Medicaid director in Texas for about 18 months, which uh, is a lifetime I think for, for Medicaid directors. Um, nationally. And I think we all share the same goal of trying to build a sustainable organization and one that functions effectively and efficiently, even through changes in in leadership. And that's really been the priority area for me. And looking at, okay, how do we focus on common goals and objectives and work together to define what is our vision, what is our mission, and what are our strategies to accomplish that, and working together as a team to do that so that we're really all pointed in the same direction and understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish.
3: Terrific. Mark, um, as you have worked with Medicaid directors across the nation, what have you seen as some of the, the sort of key components, if you will, of Medicaid leaders building the kind of sustainable and stable program that Stephanie's talking about and the leadership team that needs to be in place to ensure that, even though there's often transitions?
2: Yeah, thank you, Gretchen. I think Stephanie's point uses a good term that's the work is a journey and rarely do we actually reach a specific destination and uh, working nationally a couple of things come to my mind Uh, one is that it it is often the case that particularly for a new Medicaid director that they're in the process of building a team uh, for much of their tenure as a Medicaid director and so part of it is just finding the right people with the right type of skills. Uh, and then trying to, as Stephanie points out, aligning them with a clear sense of what the priorities and the strategic goals both for Medicaid and the state are, and uh, trying to align them functionally uh, with their technical responsibilities with that larger sense of uh, who they're working with across their their enterprise as well as where they're trying to get to strategically. Uh, As Stephanie points out, Rarely do you uh, check off a box and say you've you've been successful, but to, to the point that you to the degree that you're pointing more towards that strategic vision, I think Stephanie's right on task there.
3: terrific and And so maybe you all could both speak to this notion of creating a team that is working together versus a collection of individuals who, Mark, as you suggested, are often highly technically skilled, have a lot of experience managing, you know, one component, long-term services and supports, or eligibility policy and, and systems or something, but really to have that team orientation and that sense of collective responsibility. Stephanie, what have you done or how have you experienced that in Texas, and then Mark, Maybe you can also comment on that shift that needs to be made from individual efficacy to sort of collective vision and working together to be successful.
1: Sure. Uh, So Gretchen, I think one of the things that struck me when I started in the position was that I was often put in a position where issues would be escalated to me vertically before um, individual areas had tried to work across to resolve those issues. And some of that was just the discipline of redirecting people, because I, as, I, and I'm sure many people share this trait which is partially how we got to the seats that we're in, which is someone puts a problem in front of you and you want to resolve that problem. But sometimes I just had to redirect and, and ask, have you spoken to the eligibility side or have you spoken to another area and coordinated to come up with potential collective solutions prior to coming to me? So I do think that part of it was just making sure that things are not escalated too early. It can be escalated for informational purposes to let me know that there's this issue, but not for resolution. So partly I just started the discipline of redirecting um, if things were escalated prematurely to me. But I think one of the approaches that I took that I think has been very successful is we, we've had a lot of attention um, over the past year in Texas around the, our oversight and our managed care service delivery. And I leveraged that as an opportunity organizationally to identify different areas that we needed to improve in, and put together some cross divisional teams. Um, and for each of those teams, I identified an executive sponsor. And it might have been outside of the area of what that executive is traditionally responsible for. But in order that that just sort of created the environment and and the um, structure where. There's ownership of issues and problems across the organization as opposed to an individual area. And I I charge those teams with developing innovative solutions to various issues that we saw the opportunity to improve in, for example, like strengthening our clinical oversight of managed care plans. And it's been a really good process, both from the staff level feeling empowered to identify solutions, but also from the executive team level that we're all focused collectively on some critical issues and their shared ownership for resolution.
2: I think that you, you pick up on a couple of important things there that we see uh, in a lot of Medicaid programs. One is that real desire to empower teams to make decisions instead of to rely on the Medicaid director to make all the final uh, choices. And uh, the other is to have both senior teams and mid-level manager teams be more bought in to the, the, the mission and the direction of the program. Uh, You pointed out the importance of the discipline in redirecting people and being consistent in uh, asking them to, to make the collaborative work horizontally work before vertically escalating things. And, you know, maybe a couple of things that are important in that process. Uh, One is that if that's going to be true, people are going to really need to know what the strategic priorities are. They're going to have to know what the North Star is. If they're going to be asked to drive towards that collectively as a team, they need to know it and they need to be bought into it. Uh, And then we've also seen the importance of the Medicaid director focusing on some of the the keys to the team's success. Uh, creating safety in the team so that folks can work together, the expectation of accountability for follow-through, and the development of good process around communication, decision-making that make the team successful if we are going to drive those decisions back to them and say, hey, you're key to this success here. I don't need to make all the choices.
3: And. Mark, I think that that's absolutely right. You can't set someone up for success without ensuring they have a clear understanding of their task and then the skills and capabilities to perform successfully at that task. So Stephanie, as you think about that, in those directors that you redirected and asked to work horizontally before they elevated to you and in a sort of cross matrixed way, what skills and characteristics did you see in your staff that really thrived in that responsibility, um, and and where did you need to provide some additional support for staff who maybe struggled um, with that that new approach that you were using?
1: So I, again, I think this is part of the area when I when I talked about the journey versus a destination. I, I think that's an, a a cultural evolution that we are still going through, um, and I'm learning more as we go through this journey on what it is that the team um, needs to support that happening and being successful. I, I will reiterate what Mark said about, and he talked about making sure that folks understand what the North Star is and, and where you're heading. And I think that that's part of uh, something, an exercise that we undertook and will continue to have dialogue around, which is that there's shared input into us defining, okay, what is that North Star and where are we going? So collectively, everybody has a piece um, of buy-in. And this is less of a, I think, an important component of this. And it's, it's less of an individual support for an individual team member, but it's I think it's incredibly important that there's a good governance structure that helps support getting the right people engaged at the right time on key issues um, and that everybody has the opportunity to participate and provide input. So we have focused and continue to focus on building governance structures and having those opportunities for regular dialogue and issue resolution on our critical projects. And I do think that's helpful to, to as a helpful tool to individuals when they're struggling a little bit with, I, I don't know how to resolve this issue or I don't know how to get buy in from my peer on this, that there's a whole system that, that surrounds
3: them that supports that
1: happening.
3: And Stephanie, can you give an example of one of those governance structures? Is it an advisory committee? Is it a um, clear pathway for decision making? What's an example of one of those governance structures? More in in Texas, what we've um,
1: employed is more of a clear pathway to decision making. So for those managed care oversight initiatives that we have. The individual teams are meeting on a regular basis, and then we have periodic check-ins with all of the executive team, including myself, for updates on where the project sits compared to the project charter opportunity to resolve any issues or concerns Um, and escalate anything for decision-making and then there's participation from across our leadership team in those meetings.
3: Terrific. Uh, We found that to be a super critical approach as well and in Colorado when I was there, if we had a group of staff working on a new task or something that was highly complex, we would have leadership check-in meetings Scheduled on a fairly regular basis, just so that the staff could confirm that they were on task and directionally correct and so that leadership couldn't come in at the end and say, oh, I had no idea. This is the direction you all were going. Um, If they didn't show up for that meeting, they sort of lost their opportunity to direct the program or the project in a certain way. So it did give staff comfort. And it created the opportunity for executive leadership not to have to be involved in the daily details, but to have confidence that the team was working well together, they were resolving issues as they arise, and that um, you would be notified if there was a challenge that they were facing, and you had a normal process through which to work through those issues. Mark, do you have any other um, examples from your work with Medicaid directors across the country on governance structures that, that have been put in place to really support decision making at the um, you know horizontal level of the organization and to ensure that all members of the team are taking responsibility for decisions, not just hoping that the executive director will or the Medicaid director will be making all decisions.
2: Yeah I, I... And I think that you have another example here that I would point out. You've done a really nice job of incorporating all that governance structure into a charter that lays out a specific scope of work for the team and responsibilities within it. Uh, and I think that's a really nice strategy that I know that in the pressures of the day, it always seems like we don't have time to create that formality. In terms of how we're going to work together as executive teams. Uh, but the, the work that you've done in terms of putting that on paper to give people clear direction, I think is another step uh, that can be really helpful to people. And it, uh, it seems maybe important that an important part of governance is always the question of how do you resolve conflict. And I think when we look at for how to hire for senior executive positions uh, and also how to support executive teams in their functioning, that notion of supporting them in terms of how to deal with conflict and looking for people who have really good collaborative conflict resolution skills may be another important thing to highlight.
3: Yes, and, and to that point, in the state of Colorado, we were fortunate enough to have a small workforce development unit that worked uh, across the department to bring uh, workforce development programming. And so one of the programs that we offered for all staff, executive level down to entry level staff, was the Crucial Conversations um, training as, as it relates to that book and to the process of how do you raise issues of concern? How do you enter into a conversation that can help you to resolve issues um, and that really was an important skill, and, and, uh, and something we believed all members of our team would need to have those skills in order to be effective at uh, administering the Medicaid program. So, uh, to Stephanie's point, it was an a enterprise-wide investment, not necessarily a single individual, um, but that we all thought we would perform better if we had the skills to enter into Crucial Conversations. Um, and to to have those conversations go successfully. Stephanie, are there other things that you would share for um, Medicaid directors who are either starting out on this journey of of sharing responsibility and building a highly effective executive team, um, or who are maybe in the middle of a a problem with their team that isn't quite working quite as they, they would hope. Are there things that you've learned along the way that you would share as pearls of wisdom? I'm not sure
1: about a pearl of wisdom, but I can, uh, maybe I can validate some of my peers' feelings about how difficult and challenging that this can be. Um, I, I do think And and I've I've had the the opportunity to have a 20-plus year career in state government, and I've held a number of executive-level positions. And Medicaid director is by far the most demanding position that I've held. And I think one of the challenges that I have struggled with in this position is that challenge between... There are so many tasks that come to you that need to be done and you have to make sure the tasks get done um, and struggle with the balance between, okay, make sure that the tasks are happening and where you can don't do them yourself and pass them on to someone else, but not getting sucked into that level of detail and trying to maintain the focus on the big picture. And it is, it is a push-pull in this job that is harder than anything else, any other position that I've had. So I think what partially what I would want to communicate is if if a fellow Medicaid director is feeling that push-pull, that they're not alone. Um, it does come with the territory, but over time, I think it's the only way that we can make the position sustainable is to build that team and stronger organizational structure and you know i i've had the opportunity to see progress in that area in the past 18 months so while it's a journey that that i continue to go on and my team continues to go on i i do feel like it's an obtainable goal but you just have to maintain that focus and allow yourself the time to maintain that focus on the bigger picture and how do you develop that
2: team Stephanie, I think you are, are absolutely correct there. That notion of the pressure that is on Medicaid leaders all the time is, is just ever-present. And uh, some strategies that I've seen folks using in terms of carving that out is uh, having separate leadership team meetings, senior management team meetings that focus on the tactical fires of the day and then others that focus on the strategic goals and uh, strategies for moving them forward. What is always hard is if you combine them, the fires of the day always seem to win out against the long-term strategic thinking. And so oftentimes uh, successful teams are breaking those apart and defending very vigorously uh, some regular routine time committed to the strategic goals as well. And that includes, I think, the, the executive team development thing. Uh, going back to your point, Stephanie, about it's a journey, there does take an investment in building the team, particularly if new members are coming on, uh, building that trust, building that rapport, uh, being clear about the connection to strategic priorities, it takes work. And so it has to be a commitment of time there as well.
3: And I also think, Stephanie, you, you mentioned a word that is really important for a Medicaid director, and that's the word of discipline. You're absolutely right. Sometimes the easiest thing to do is to just solve the problem in front of you. Um, but as Mark just suggested, that sucks you down into that fire of the day. Um, and so the discipline to continually ask your team to solve as much of the problem as they can, to work collaboratively to find new solutions, to innovate um, is really critical. And then the discipline to maintain some time carved out for strategic thinking, not just technical discussions um, is also really important. We're going to begin to wrap up now. Stephanie, I'll start with you and then move to you, Mark. Do you have any last-minute thoughts about this topic um, that have come to you throughout the course of our conversation but that you didn't have a chance to raise or that you would just leave as sort of parting uh, thoughts for our conversation today Stephanie thank you yes a couple
1: of things that I find have been helpful to me and one thing that we have alluded to but not really talked about directly is As a Medicaid director, when you have the opportunity to add a team member, um, I think it's very important on your hiring decision to think about who is going to bring to the table what you need for a team and sometimes that's not always the technical knowledge or expertise in Medicaid specifically. That's certainly something that you need within your Medicaid program, but not necessarily in all of your leadership positions. So be very strategic and thoughtful about your hiring for leadership positions is is one thing that I would add. And then this is a personal opinion of mine, which um, since I started 18 months ago, I have not been thrilled with our organizational structure within the Medicaid division, but it is a division that has undergone a lot of reorganization. And I do think organizational structure is important to help you achieve your goals, but it's not necessarily the key and to be mindful about the disruption that organizational changes make, to me, I think has been an important thought that I've kept in my mind. So I, you know, when I do make organizational changes, I really am going to understand the organization and what I think our leadership team needs and how it helps us achieve those goals. And sometimes I think there's an inclination to try to address that up front, and I would just caution against doing that.
2: Stephanie, I think you're you're right on there. And uh, it seems to me in our conversation, we've touched on a number of different topics that are important to successfully building and using an executive team. And uh, to your point, some of them are about interpersonal skill of team members and also complementary skills. And that starts during hiring and then seems to be ongoing as we develop the team and the individuals on the team. Uh, and then there's some structure issues. Uh, not so much to your point about org chart structure, uh, but how does the team structure effectively, and what are their processes, and how do we, again, protect that time for strategic thinking uh, over the long term? and. Uh, I guess I'd highlight in our reflection again that important challenge of, to the degree that we want our executive teams to function well, there's that discipline of staying at the right level as the the director so that you can give the team the space, but also the responsibility uh, to do the work without just stepping in and doing it yourself. Uh, And that leaves you the room to be able to focus on what's our strategic priorities? Because that may be the other step, that if we want our executive teams to work well, connecting them to where we want to get to and uh, monitoring our progress there seems to be really important. So uh, a lot of connected pieces in the conversation today that I think are really important.
3: Absolutely, and so with that, I'll express my gratitude to Stephanie. I think you really shared um, a wonderful glimpse into your journey, uh, and Mark always bringing the wisdom of your work across the nation with Medicaid directors. Hillary, with that, I'll turn it back over to you.
0: Great. Thanks, Gretchen, and thanks, Stephanie and Mark, for the great conversation. I hope that everybody listening today found this valuable. Um, NAMD and CHCS is really, are really excited to bring you more podcasts um, around leadership development topics in the future, so please keep an eye out um, as we have more in the series.
1: Thanks to everybody and have a great day.